I, I hope you're aware of his presence this morning. The goodness of our God, the goodness of our Savior. Man, the good news, the good news that Easter, what a happy, happy day, a good news kind of day. As I thought about preparing for this morning and what to share, I just so aware of all the bad news around us. You don't have to look too hard to find it. Uh, it's every, every headline. We've shared that over the past number of weeks, you know, um, the, the, the headlines of COVID-19. And uh, for those who've been following along in, in our, our area, it's here too. You know, we have a number of people right here in our own community that are infected with COVID-19. As of yesterday, it was 119 people in Haldeman and Norfolk. We've had a number of people die uh, from COVID-19 right here. You know, as we prayed for Anson Place this morning, uh, nine of the residents there have passed away because of COVID-19. And it, it's come close to home. And it can be a little bit scary when it's close to home, when re- real people are, are really dying around us. That can be scary. And, and, and there is a lot of that bad news out there. Uh, but as well, it's not just bad news out there. There's fake news out there. And just, you know, this morning, wanted to just sensitively um, draw your attention to some of the, the fake news. It's not that it's fake. It's not that it's untrue. It's just that for so many, there's an undue amount of focus on certain parts of the news that simply are designed to create fear in people. And that is something that, you know, cripples and, and, and hinders us. Yeah, there's a definite amount of using wisdom in how we live our lives, but fear is what, what controls us from the inside. You know, you think by reading all the stats and reading the headlines that it's going to get us all. It's just a matter of time before COVID-19 gets everyone you know. And, and you know what? I, this morning, I just want to draw your attention to attention once again to something. I'm not a doctor, so I'm not proclaiming to uh, say something there, but I just simply would ask you to consider some of the other numbers of COVID-19. This morning, you know, as well as of yesterday, uh, there's currently um, 1.3 million people infected with COVID-19 in the world. 1.3 million. Uh, The stats would say that, uh, and they show us, if you just go on worldometers, you can find out that 96% of that 1.3 million have mild conditions. Only 4% are serious and critical. And I know that for those 4%, that's, that's a big deal. But for the majority, for 96%, they're just mild symptoms. Uh, they've said, you know, that, that uh, the percentage of chance uh, or for the people who've died of COVID-19, less than 1% of the people who've died from COVID-19 so far have died without any other pre-existing conditions. That means 99% of the people who've died from COVID-19 had other conditions as well. You maybe that the fear that comes in thinking, oh, what happens if I get it? What happens if I get it? And there's that paranoia. Can I just tell you what the stats tell us? They've put the projections out of, of what your chances are. Should you catch COVID-19? What your chances are of succumbing to it? If you're under 49 this morning, under 49 years old and you're healthy, you have from zero to age 49, you have half a percent chance of dying from COVID-19 if you catch it. 
I mean, that means if you get COVID-19, you have not 50%, not, not, it's, it's a half a percent chance. If you're, you say, well, I'm older than 50. Well, for 50 to 59, it's only a 1.3% chance. So if you're in your 50s and you get COVID-19, there's only a 1.3% chance that you're going to pass away from that. If you're 60 to 69, it's only a 3.6% chance. If you're 70 to 79, it's only an 8% chance. When I look at those numbers, it tells me this, that the, the chance of recovery is 99.5% is if you're under 49 and have no pre-existing conditions. That's, that's some good news. It actually says if you're, if you're age um, um, 80 and under, basically, if you're under the age of 80 with no pre-existing conditions and you were to get COVID-19, 92%, it pretty much says that almost everyone under 80 with no pre-existing conditions will recover if you catch COVID-19. They don't tell you those stats very often in the news, but for all they try and sell is this fear and the numbers speak fear. And, and, and I just want to encourage you not to buy into fear, not to live in your homes crippled with this fear feelings. You don't need to. Yes, use wisdom, but you don't need to live in fear. And, and the reason I share that, and like I said this morning, to be sensitive to that, the COVID um, by the numbers, those are numbers that we see on the screen, but each of those numbers represents a very real person. A very real person. For the 108,000 people who have died, those are very real people with very real families who are very and, and really grieving this morning. And, and I don't want to make light of that at all. I also know that there's people that are vulnerable, very real people. My Oma turns 90 today. And I'm grateful for those who are physically distancing to help protect her. And I'm, I know that maybe in you, for your families and the people you're connected to, there's very real people struggling or affected by COVID-19. And, and, and that's the sad news. So there's bad news and there's fake news and there's sad news, but I just want to remind you this morning, there's also good news. There's good news happening throughout COVID-19. I love um, the, the guy, uh, um, uh, John Krasinski, I just wanted to call him Jim because he's Jim from the office, but, but uh, he's come out with this thing uh, that he puts out every week, just some good news. And if you haven't tuned in to check it out, it's worth uh, checking out on YouTube, some good news. Uh, you know, I write about how the Tim Hortons, uh, the owners of Tim Hortons out in Bob Cajun, where the first um, real outbreak happened in the seniors' home there, how they've been delivering coffee, free coffee and free donuts twice a day to all the staff and the people at that home. I think, man, what a great way to go and do something. But it's happening locally as well. I love the local good news stories. You know how uh, I was just in the last, I believe this, this previous, this past week, how all the um, Haldeman EMS um, uh, workers got in their vehicles and had all the lights flashing as they drove by uh, the, the hospital in Hagersville just to say, we're here. We support you. Uh, the people who are well, there's a little house in Balmoral here, actually, that has these signs up saying, thank you, truckers, and thank you to the, to the first responders, the people uh, serving the healthcare workers. I'm just like, uh, I just think it's, it's so neat to bring a smile to people's faces. Some are just doing that, not even getting to see the smiles. Um, there's people who are buying and donating flowers uh, or uh, delivering flowers to people's homes, to, to the homes of complete strangers, just leaving some flowers at their door. Many of you have been buying and donating food to help feed the need in our community and never getting a chance to see the people who, who receive it, but know that you're bringing smiles to that. Know you're bringing good news to them. There's people all over our county who are sewing masks and headbands, helping with boo-boo's beanies to, to help 
um, bring smiles to, uh, to people that are going to be covered up by the masks, but bringing that sense of safety and and to those around, man, the good news of COVID-19, I, I would encourage you to focus on some of that as opposed to allowing the fear because there's good news in the world. And especially today, when we celebrate the good news story of Easter, maybe you've heard the story of Easter a lot of times. I know I, know I have. Like, I think I probably remember it for at least 37, 38 years where I've heard the story of, you know, Jesus died, or he, first he was born, and then, then he died, and then he rose again. And it's kind of that, that's the story that we've heard over and over. But my challenge and encouragement for every individual person listening this morning is not to miss the power that it has for you, that the power that it has for you as an individual because maybe you're tempted to think, oh, it's, yeah, okay, it's, sure, people say that's good news. It's good news for somebody out there, you know. It was probably good news for, the, for those disciples that day, but does it really affect my life today? And, and as, I, as I thought about that, I realized there's many people, you're going through the most difficult time of your life right now. There's some of you, you're sitting alone in your home. And you're just wishing that you could talk to somebody, really talk to somebody, not over a phone or a device, just some face-to-face. Some of you just like wishing you could just hug somebody. And it's almost, it's almost like it goes against everything inside of you not to hug somebody. I saw, I saw some people the other day, this, uh, this young gal, she just, she just saw one of her friends um, and hadn't seen her for a bit. And she's like, I, I don't care that there's COVID-19. I don't care that, that I got a little bit. I just, and ran out and just gave her friend a hug. And I was like, man, I, I want how many people sit alone right now wishing that they could do that. Maybe it's the opposite for you. Maybe you're stuck in your home with, <laughs> with people that you don't like very much. And now you're forced to spend all of this time together and you just wish you could be alone. And you wonder about this idea of good news. For some, you're afraid. For some, you're angry. Some, maybe you're doubting, doubting your faith today. Maybe you're hurting. Maybe you're lonely. Maybe you're empty. Can I just say that he sees you? He sees you as an individual today. Because as I read the Easter story this year, I was reminded of something and drawn to a certain element of it this year. And I wanted to just simply share that with you this morning. You know, as Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, um, eyewitnesses or writing eyewitness accounts of what happened, they put great detail into this particular part of Jesus' story. Most of the Gospels are written about Jesus' final week and this final, the final day when he rose from the dead. They spent all of this time detailing it, but the idea was that you would picture it. Can you picture it this morning? Can you just imagine, just for a minute, maybe you gotta close your eyes to do it, but crowds of people who one day were shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the king, to a week later shouting, crucify him. Crowds lining the streets as Jesus walked carrying that cross to Golgotha. Crowds kind of dispersed around the outside edges of Golgotha as they watched Jesus die. Crowds. You know, maybe the, the sheer bewilderment of the disciples as, as groups, little groupings of them, and the women went to the tomb that morning and found it empty. And, and then the, 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 the sheer joy of, what well, could it be true? Could it possibly be true? You know, if you have a hard time imagining it, I'd encourage you to take advantage of an opportunity you have just today. That is to go and tune into um, the, the Jesus production by the Sights and Sounds Theater. It's, today, it's, it's being shown for free on TBN. If you just Google, maybe, I mean, it's all over Facebook. I hope that you've taken an opportunity, but if you haven't, you still have till the end of today to, to have a chance to see it, to, to imagine, to be able to see what it may have looked like. And they did a fantastic job. 
You know, there's a man named Paul, Paul, who a guy who used to hate everything to do with Christianity. Maybe that's you this morning. You're just kind of like wondering, is there anything true to this? Is there any hope? I, every Christian I've met, I, I don't like, and Paul disliked them enough to murder them. This man named Paul, he became a Jesus follower. A guy who was going the opposite way became a Jesus follower, and he became one of the most influential Jesus followers ever. He uh, shared the good news of Jesus' resurrection with anyone who would listen, whether that was spoken or through written word. And I'm grateful he wrote stuff because we have a chance to read it today in our own language. He wrote a letter to this group of people in Greece in a city called Corinth, and he said this to them, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. He says, let me remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news. Let me remind you of the good news that I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. He says, verse 2, it's this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. He says, I, I passed on to you what was most important. Here's what the good news is. He says, it was passed on to me that Christ died for our sins. He's just as the scripture said. He says he was buried. He wasn't, they made sure he was dead. He was buried in a tomb. And he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. Verse five, he was seen. <laughs> it wasn't just some story. People saw this. And he says he was seen by Peter. Then he was seen by the 12. Just remember that number for a minute. Verse six, he says, after that, he was seen by more than 500. Remember that number of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive. Paul's saying, listen, you can go back to Jerusalem. There's 500 people who saw him at once. You can talk to them. They'll tell you. It's not just me. It's not just a few people who made up a story. Something happened. Verse seven, he says, seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I'd been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. I think about that this morning. I was just in, just noticed the numbers of the Easter story seen by 12, you know, more than 500 eyewitnesses, all of the apostles, groups of people. I'm like, it's pretty impressive that it's not just, you know, a couple guys making up a story. It was something, something that happened. But this year, as I read the accounts of the eyewitnesses and all the gospels, I couldn't help but notice the names because it wasn't, you know, you read so often about the crowds, but it wasn't, it wasn't just about the crowds. It was about the names, not the numbers, not the groups, the individuals, real people with real stories. You know, it's so easy just to read past the list of names. You know, you can read just, oh, they're there, Peter, James, the rest of the disciples, you know, Matthew, Bartholomew, the, the, the rest of them. Then, there, you know, you read the women, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of, of James, Salome, Joanna, I read about the others in the story, Cleopas walking down the road to Emmaus, Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea who wrapped Jesus' body and put it in the tomb, Thomas, the one who was doubting, and John, John who wrote so much of Jesus' life story, all really there. Real people with real stories that have really been affected by Jesus. And this morning, this morning, I think sometimes we know the story so well that we forget the who that was in it. We, we get become so familiar with the story that we forget, you know, who the, who the story is, is about and was about. And I think about, I think about the people this morning because I think those people are like people today, right now. I think about the story, Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, you know, first one to see Jesus alive. She was the one to see the empty tomb. She was, she was the one that, she was heartbroken that morning, but saw something. What was she doing there? <laughs> see, we may not realize is Jesus met Mary Magdalene which actually means Sue's from Magdala, a small town uh, along the way. About a, year, about a year and a half earlier, Jesus had met her. And it says that she, she had seven demons that Jesus had cast out of her. Here, when Jesus met her, she wasn't in a very good place. 
you know, her mind tormented. We might diagnose that today as having severe mental health issues, but all of that changed when she met Jesus because Jesus came to change her story. A real woman like Mary from a real small town, that's who Jesus came for. You know, we're so used to the, the, the Bible verse, that we, the most famous one, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, not realizing that the world was individuals, that Jesus loved a real woman named Mary. Jesus came for a real woman named Mary. And then there's Peter. You know, we think about Peter, he's a regular blue collar worker in the fishing business, a bit of a mouthpiece we read. You know, he might have been the one telling all the dirty jokes on the boat. We don't know, you know, like, hey, did you hear the one about, okay, never mind, I'm not gonna tell you. You know, but here's, here's Peter, the day that he meets Jesus. Jesus says, Peter, hey, take me out on your boat. We're going fishing. He's like, man, I just worked the night shift. I didn't catch a thing. I'm, I'm not going, we're not going fishing now. There's no point. And yet as they go fishing, he witnesses the miraculous power of Jesus and catches a boatload of fish. And he's overwhelmed with different emotions. Initially, it's like joy, like, whoa, I'm going to be rich. Look at all these fish. And then it changes. Then all of a sudden, he's flooded with shame. As he realizes, he's like, I don't know who you are, but I know you're a way better man than me. Please, he says, leave me alone. You know, I think of Peter's story that he would tell you today, but no, he, he didn't leave me alone. <laughs> he actually did the opposite. He said, hey, would you come follow me full time? Peter would tell him, hey, I went around. I followed Jesus for three years. I saw incredible things. You'd think that after spending all of this time with this amazing man, somebody who called me friend, that we were best friends, that I, I would be that best friend in return. As we read the story, Peter would say, you know what? When my friend needed me most, I have to admit I was the one who first took off. You know, when people ask me, hey, do you know this man, Jesus? He's like, I'm the first one to deny that I even knew him. You know, he, he, could have, he, did, he didn't leave me that moment in the boat when he knew I was a sinful man, but he didn't leave me. He didn't leave me even after these times where I went through that struggle, that denial, that doubt. Why? Because God loved a man like Peter and Jesus came for a real man named Peter. And then there's Zacchaeus. <laughs> you know, the stories as we read through uh, the rest of the gospels, you see the other stories, real people. My, a businessman named Zacchaeus, he was successful and wealthy, but nobody liked him. He got his wealth through crooked means. He cheated people and they knew it. And then he meets Jesus and something happens to this professional businessman. Jesus says, I'm coming to your home. Why? Because he wants to be in your home. He says, I, wa I want to come and hang out with you and your friends. Jesus, we're nothing like you. I know. I know. But the people who are nothing like Jesus, they liked Jesus. And he loved them in return. And Jesus changed Zach's story. Zach was so affected by meeting Jesus that he just gave back everything he had stolen. Why? Because Jesus came for real people real people like Zach. Then there's Martha. I think of the busy housekeeper. Man, I think of some of you moms stuck in your homes right now. Kids, you're just like, oh, March break can't come, the end can't come soon enough. And now it's like the extended March break and it's busy, busy, busy. It's, it's just, Martha was almost like the helicopter sister. She was like all about making sure everything was ready. And Jesus simply said, hey, Martha, slow down a bit and just be, just, just be. You can just be. And her story was changed when Jesus came into her home. She ended up trusting the fate and future of her family to the hands of Jesus. 
And her, her, her story was changed. Why? Because God loves somebody. <laughs> he loved the world, but he loved a real person named Martha. He came for a person named Martha. And then there's the individuals, the people whose names we don't know, but we know their stories. You know, we think about these ones, the, women, the woman caught in adultery. The religious people all judged her. They were going to stone her, <laughs> but she met Jesus and Jesus changed her story. He loved her. He accepted her. He forgave her. Maybe that's you this morning. You just feel like everyone in Christianity is judging you, pointing the finger at you. But can I tell you that Jesus isn't pointing the finger? He's reaching out his hand to you this morning. Why? Because he came for you. You know, and then there's the, the leper. I think of Jesus. You know, we think in this time where people, maybe, you're, maybe you have COVID right now and you feel that bit of ostracized and thinking, you know, nobody can come around me and I've got to be quarantined. And, and it's scary. You know, I think of the leper that Jesus came. He, Jesus had no mask, no gloves, no hand sanitizer. He just ran up to somebody who everyone else would say is unclean. He just wrapped his arms around him and hugged him. Why? Because he loved him and he healed him and he restored him. Why? Because Jesus came for real people, for a real leper, for somebody who really felt like an outcast. And then the Roman centurion, you know, I didn't know what else picture to put up there, but there's the Donald. You know, for, for those who, who hated those others from a different country, the ones who hated the ruling of another nation, couldn't stand that these were the people in charge. Did you know that Jesus came with the Roman centurion as he, as he saw at the cross, he's like, oh man, this truly, this was the son of God. Because Jesus so loved the world. Jesus so loved these individuals that he came for them. And maybe you're here this morning and this is probably the last person that probably possibly hits closest to home. It was a man named Thomas. Thomas was a bit of a pessimist. You know, and Jesus is like, we're going to Jerusalem. And everybody's like, let's not go to Jerusalem. Thomas is like, yeah, let's just go to Jerusalem. We might as well all die with him. You know, the glass was always half empty with Thomas. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he's famous for being the one who doubted, but he wasn't the only one who doubted. They all doubted. Thomas just got pegged with the, with the story. He says, unless I can put my fingers in, his, in the holes in his hands, unless I put my hand in his side, you know, he doubted. And maybe you're here this morning with, you know, watching this morning. And for you, that's your thing. Like, I don't know if this is all true. I don't know if this is real. I maybe, I think I used to believe in Jesus, but I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure. Can I tell you the story of Thomas? Jesus didn't write him off and say, hey, because you doubt, you're out. He said to him, listen, I'll come meet you in your doubt. I'll, I'll come give you the opportunity. I'll come give you the opportunity to believe, to trust. Why? Because God so loved the doubter. God so loved that he sent Jesus for a real person named Thomas a real person named Thomas. Why were these things written? John tells us. He tells us in John 20, verse 30, the disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. Other things more than just raising people from the dead, raising from the dead himself, all kinds of things. If, if, if you don't know him, I, I would encourage you to just get your Bible and read the story of John. Why? Because those things were written, verse 31, that you, you reader, you listener, that you might continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you would have life by the power of his name. It wasn't just for the world, it was for you. It was for me. Jesus didn't just come for real people back then. It wasn't that. He came for real people today. The writer of Hebrews said this, that Jesus, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus who walked the planet, who came for those real people, came for real people like you and me, and he came for a real person named Mark. You know, today, maybe, man, when I think, can you see tears earlier today? It's because he really changed my life. 
You know, I grew up as a, as a kid in a church-going family. I knew all the stories ever since I was young, but that's all they were, was just stories. I didn't realize that God truly loved me. I didn't realize that God was personal at all. You know, all I knew was how much I was afraid, afraid of everything, afraid of people, afraid of what people thought of me. I was bullied in school. I had to drop out of school in grade six. It was all kinds of things that I thought, man, life's not really worth living if this is what life is going to be. And God met me there. I, I remember the moment where I fully realized I'd gotten myself in all kinds of things, addictive behaviors, unhealthy things. But God met me there. I remember in a greenhouse, working in a greenhouse, falling to my knees, realizing that God loved me, that I wasn't a mistake, I wasn't an accident, that I wasn't just one in the crowd. For God so loved Mark that he sent his son. That if I would believe in him and trust in him, I would not be lost to God. My heart breaks for you this morning. Because people came to a tomb looking for someone, and the angel said to them, Mark 16, you come looking for Jesus of Nazareth, but you're looking among the dead. What you don't realize is he's alive, and for so many, you've searched it out in religion and just been stuck in dead, dry, dull, dead religion. You will not find him there. But if you will trust in Jesus, the real person who came for real people, he will really change your story. Jesus didn't come so that people could write Bible stories. He came to change the story. He came to change history. He changed my story, and he can change your story this morning. He can change your story this morning if you'll let him. That is the good news of Easter. Because Jesus came for Martha's today, and Thomas's today. <laughs> he came for Peter's today. He came for Zach's today. He came for you today. He came for you today. That is the good news. Jesus came into homes back then, and he wants to come into yours today. He wants to come into yours today if you'll let him. He changed real stories back then. He'll change yours today if you'll let him. Would you answer the call? This morning, I want to end this way with two quick thoughts. If you're an unchurched person, man, thank you. Thank you for tuning in and staying, watching this whole thing. Because I believe God is calling you this morning. I believe he's reaching out to you with good news. You've looked everywhere and there's no good news to be found. He loves you. I don't care what lies you've believed. I don't care what you think your past is like. He loves you. And he's inviting you to leave that past behind. Simply, that's the idea of repentance, that I don't, I don't want to walk this way anymore. Jesus, I, I'm going to follow you. Can I tell you that everything in my life didn't change the moment that I decided to follow? It didn't happen with any of the other disciples either. There was, there was the steps along the way. But man, he changed my life. He changed my life. And I give him glory for that and he can do the same for you. Will you answer his call simply to say, Jesus, I'll come follow you. Not a religion, not a bunch of rules. Jesus, help me to understand what it means to follow a person. A person who loved me enough to lay down his life for me. A person who loved me enough to pay my sin debt. A person who said, welcome to the unwell, to the unholy, to the unliked, to the unloved, to the denier, to the doubter, to the deserter, to the distant. The good news is that Jesus died for our sins and was buried. He rose from the dead and he was seen. And I pray that he's seen by you. And to the Jesus followers today, as we finish with this song, what an opportunity. If, you've, if he's affected your life, would you, would you just join us as we sing these words? Our king has come. And he is the king of kings who's risen from the dead, who's alive today and lives forever. And we will spend eternity with him celebrating his goodness 
celebrating his goodness. Thank you. Thank you for spending this time with us this morning. And as we end today, as we end today, uh, after this song is over, feel free to stay around and watch the things, the pictures, the f- celebration on the, on the screen. But if it's touched you today in any way, I, I encourage you to send, send me an email. If you're out there and you're like, man, I need to know more about Jesus, would you email me, mark at kingswaychurch.ca? I would love to chat with you more about it. Jesus followers, we might be stuck in homes now, <laughs> but the light will shine. The light will continue to shine. As you spend this time with him, man, can't wait for the church to be unleashed on the world once again with the good news that he is risen. He is risen indeed.